podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to the Man City Show. It's Nigel Rothband back in the chair. And history was made last week with our qualification for the quarterfinals of the Champions League for the first time ever. But also on Sunday we had a thoroughly miserable afternoon on so many levels. And I'm not sure which level we want to start at, but three guests with me in the studio to discuss it. We've got Joe Doherty. Evening. We've got a view from the blue, Stephen Allwise. Hello. And we've got Rob Barron, CTID. Hi. So where are we going to start? What level, Rob, do you want to start on? How low do you want to go with Sunday's performance against Stratford? Well, I think it reminds me of the day that City lost to Arsenal and Balotelli got sent off and we thought it was the end of the world and it wasn't and that is the kind of attitude we now have to have. And if you look at it positively, we're ahead of the others, we're in fourth place and we've got a hell of a fight on. So it was awful but it could be a lot worse. So we've got some silverware in the, in the cabinet already. We're in the quarterfinals of the Champions League, and as Rob says, we're, we're in pole position fourth. We've got points on the board. All is rosy in Happy sky days. blue world. Nothing is wrong. The manager is doing a great job. Players playing well. Let's move on. We might come back to that, Stephen, because I think we know you're only joking. Joe, give us your sort of first paragraph, but I'm going to go back to Stephen when you finish. So just give us your initial views on what a miserable day it was on Sunday. Well, Rob, I like your positivity, but I, there's just no getting away from the fact that that Arsenal team that beat us that day is so much better than that United team that beat us this day. That is the worst United team I think I've ever seen and possibly we've all ever seen. And they've we've taken one point off them. I just... How poor has our attitude got that we can't even turn up to play against United? Back in the day, they did used to beat us a lot, but we'd always give them a game and occasionally we'd beat them. So I'm just um, furious about that game. I think the manager, Stephen, called it a dominant performance. We had 25 attempts against their five. We did. If you take the game as a one-off, I don't think we played too badly. We didn't play well. We didn't create chances, but we had a lot of possession and I thought... We at least deserved a point. United, I agree with Joe, were poor. You know, in after the game, everyone, of course, writes how good they were and Rashford, brilliant. They were okay, nothing special at all. But so in isolation, Pellegrini has a point. But the reality is, we've been like this for six months, where we're not scoring goals. We look vulnerable at the back. We haven't won consecutive Premier League games for six months. It's absolutely pathetic with a squad of our quality. Is that three games on the trot we haven't scored? We don't look like the team that that we should be. And I think the stat I saw yesterday was that we've now lost more home games this season than we did in the previous four combined. We've gone from having a fortress at the Etihad to we've lost that fear factor now. So, so Rob, what's missing? Let's talk about the game specifically. Is it the game plan? Is it our speed? Is it our passion? Is it our energy? Let, you know, reality, we should have won that game with the squad we've got, and we've lost at home again against uh, a poor Stratford team. Everything you mention is missing. The most, uh, the biggest thing to me is the absence of passion, and it's not just uh, the players; it's the supporters. I mean. 
it's like a morgue going to the Etihad. What responsibility do the supporters have for inciting the players just as much as the other way around? That's the first thing. The second thing is central defence. We've been talking about that all season. A glimmer of hope when company came on for a few minutes, but apart from that, dreadful. And then... Poor old Di Michaelis, okay, too old, yes, shouldn't have played, yes. But the goal and the the challenges came not from his incompetence, but the fact that City are like a sieve in midfield. And uh, time and again, uh, 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 teams that City play against go straight through the middle and, and uh, the midfield mel- melts away. Pellegrini yep. is the only man who, when he saw the defence of Mangala and Demichelis, would not have played Fernando. Now, Fernando is not great by any means. He's not world-class. But he's our most likely midfielder just to sit in there and try to offer protection and cover. If you had Otamendi and Mangala, you could potentially understand Pellegrini thinking, we'll be okay, we'll now put on that extra attacking player, Sterling in this instance, and we'll take the game to United. But when you've got two defenders who are so prone to errors, it just, I could not work out for the life of me why he didn't start with a three in midfield. But, so we've got the three in midfield, we've also got the sort of the back four situation as well. Uh, were you surprised at that sort of decision to play uh, Di Michelis at, at the back with Mangala? I mean, was he left with no real options? I wasn't surprised because Pellegrini isn't ruthless enough as a manager. And a ruthless manager said, look, Demi, look, Martin, you're not good enough. You've lost it. Your legs are gone. Sanya can do a job at centre-back. He's playing with Mangala today against, you know, two of the paciest strikers in the league. You can, you know, do one. We might bring you on if we need you to shore up the game. But no, he has to say, well, he's the centre-back. He goes on. He was awful. And I think... I met you before the game There was a collective groan Around our area Wasn't there When it was announced That he was starting He was always going to start It was the same With the Capital One Cup final People had been criticising Caballero Throughout the competition He'd made mistakes But Pellegrini Trusts the players Whether rightly or wrongly And I think that He does not have many Redeeming qualities As a manager I don't think But one of them is That he seems to be A good man manager You won't get many players Who talk badly about him Because he has their respect and he will always trust his players. He's not going to leave Demichelis on the bench, who, is, who 18 months ago was playing in the World Cup final, for a right-back who's played one game this season at centre-back. There's an argument to say Sanya should have played, but it was never going to happen. And Demichelis had his worst game of the season, but he's not been terrible this season. He's had the odd poor game, but Pellegrini was, was always going to trust the players. And what about you mentioned midfield? Do you want to come back to Stephen on his on his midfield point as well? Because you obviously feel we're, we're leaking like a sieve. Well, I think that's absolutely right. I, I uh, said a few weeks ago, and I say again that you know I would again have looked at uh, Yaya to play in the back four. I think this is not a stupid idea. I think uh, Yaya is one of the reasons why the midfield is is, is so porous. But let's go back to Pellegrini. I agree with what Stevens just said. The man is has his redeeming qualities. He's loyal. He trusts the players. He's honourable. But he's deeply conservative. You know, where are the young players that uh, we spend a fortune on on developing when it comes to the crunch? 
I'm afraid it's true that United uh, have taken the lead here, that they put young players in uh, on big occasions. City have failed to do that, and that's down to the manager. I know you're, you're a big watcher of our youth. Angelino is off at New York at the moment. He's I our think big he's back nine- in Manchester Oh, he's now. back, is he? Because he's our 19 young, young centre-back. I mean, he's left someone... Ba- left he's left-back. I actually, I think Clichy has done okay, this, especially the last month or so. There are kids there, but the reality is, if even if you're Angelino, very promising left back, and I think Pep will love him, but are you really going to put him on the bench ahead of Kolarov? However poor Kolarov is, he's an international left back, he's experienced, he's the type of hard nut that you know we need in the squad. Not good enough, but he's that character. As a kid, Manu Garcia, he's 18, he's tiny. Are you really going to play him ahead of Fernando? No. They need the chance, and I don't think it's right what Pellegrini did when he played five or six of them in the FA Cup as a form of protest about schedule, Mm. and we've never seen them again. They did as well as they could have done in those circumstances, put them on the bench, bring them on for 10, 15 minutes. No one's asking them to be thrown in from the start. Mm. But we covered this a couple of weeks ago, Joe, didn't we? I think seven mm. of the starting 11 were over 30 yesterday. You know, this is, this is an ageing squad. There's no question. Well, I actually want to talk a bit about player recruitment while we're here tonight. I was, um, I was having a chat with a couple of guys on the train home. Uh, Sam and Julian, there's your uh, shout-out. And um, we were talking about the team, and they were very critical of Boney and Demichelis in particular. And I said, I'll tell you two players I'd like in their place in the squad. <clears throat> and I'm not talking Thiago Silva and Messi. I'm talking Nastasic and Negredo. I'd have them two in the squad over those two all day long. And of course, one of them was a Schalke fan as well, and he was very keen on Nastasic. I'm... It still hurts me that he left when I think if he was at the club he'd be our, he'd be easily our third if not our second best centre back and how badly we've needed someone like that this season that is one of the worst pieces of business City have done we've signed an unknown 19 year old Nastasic for 12 million we've seen him have an excellent first season an average second season we've sold him two years down the line for 6 million and in the same summer spent 42 on Mangala 42 and a half million Bloody hell. But he looked every inch 42.5 million, didn't he, Mangala? I know you're a big fan, Rob. Ma- well, Mangala has uh, a good game uh, once in a blue moon. And he looks, <laughs> he looks like a quality player. But, you know, he, he's been a walking disaster area. And he's not. Don't sit on the fence here, Rob. Tell us what you really think he's about He's not Mangala. fit to wear a city shirt. And. Uh, I'm, I'm shocked at how poor he is. And someone said that Dimichelis will never wear a sky blue shirt again well, as well. that's quite right too. That's two of them. So we're looking, we're looking for a couple of centre-backs for next week. But just on your point before about seven of the starting 11 were 30, I think Mangala was the youngest at 25, then Aguero 27. If you actually look back to the team which started against QPR when we won the league in 2012, seven of that team are still our first choice 11 now the only changes you've got Otamendi for Lescott you've got Fernandinho for Barry both of them are at least 27 and I think Fernandinho's in his 30s De Bruyne for Nasri and you've lost Tevez and you've got Navas or Sterling yep. the first 11 in four years has barely changed and then it just feels stale they're all four years older they're all four years slower a bit more injury prone we haven't refresh the squad anywhere near as much as we need to 
I'd say not only is he got stale, I think the team's got significantly worse, actually, because yeah, the team you mentioned, apart from De Bruyne for Nasri, I don't necessarily think many of them are improvements. I mean, like, no one in their right mind could tell you that, you know, Boney isn't anywhere, is it fit to lace Tevez or maybe even Jekko's boots in a club. And again, I've, so many players in recent years where we might have not been entirely crazy about either their play or their attitude, but right now you'd have them back you'd have Dzeko you'd have Negredo you'd have Tevez you'd have um, you'd have a few because behind Aguero do you know who our second top goal scorer is this season? De Bruyne I think it's Yaya in the Premier League oh right yeah Yaya isn't it we've lost and I've been critical of, of Dzeko in the past Jekka would have chipped in with 15, Negredo 15, Tevez 15, Jovetic would have chipped in. We've effectively got one striker. Bonnie isn't the right player for City, we've discussed that. Kelechi isn't ready to start week in, week out. To go into the season with one striker who is injury prone is madness. But the goals have dried up, we haven't scored it, we haven't scored in three games. I mean, Navas, who I suppose for the first 10 minutes, to be fair, you know, had a couple of shots, but you just know every time he gets the ball, he's not, he doesn't know where the back of the net is. In fact, that was a good save for that shot from De Gea. It wasn't a great shot, but. but it's what he's there. He hit it straight at him. That's what he's there for. De Gea's on 130 grand a week to do that job. That's what he's there for. I don't think it was a brilliant save. He hit it straight at him. No, I think he, he did move for that. I think that was an alright <laughs> save. It's got to the point where you know Navas is going to miss, so you exactly. don't you don't worry. Well, there's something wrong about that. Shouldn't be in the team in those circumstances. And we've mentioned Bonnie. I mean, I know he didn't start yesterday, but you know Stuart Brodkin, who's a regular on this show, rang me this morning to say, you know, can we try and find out what's on Bonnie's job description? Is it to make Aguero look better? He's certainly <laughs> not there to sort of be City's major strike force. He looked, he looked completely. I thought out he of did sort. okay yesterday, yeah, really? but we don't play to his strengths. Everyone, you can't expect expect him to be Aguero version 2 he doesn't run the channels he doesn't he can't turn defenders inside out but if you play to his strengths and play the ball up to him and he can back into defenders and he's strong in the air and we've seen at other clubs he scores goals but he's not suited to City so you don't sign him because he doesn't fit the way we play or you have to adapt the way you play but that's not going to happen with the other players and Rob should he be in ahead of Ihenaccio well uh, on the basis of yesterday, no. Um, he, he he was pretty mediocre yesterday. And, you know, Iheanacho, I agree, he can't play every week, but I would have played him a, ahead of Bonnie yesterday. And, you know, an exciting player, uh, Iheanacho, scores goals. You know, why, why isn't he given an opportunity? But he's shown in his glimpses that he, there's a relationship with Aguero yeah. Yeah. that they understand the one-twos and the quick interplay Bonnie hasn't Bonnie has his qualities but he's not going to play with Aguero and Silver's form's dipped hasn't it? <laughs> Talking of positives here it, it, he wasn't great yesterday was he and he hasn't been for the last few weeks and it, it's sad because he's he's a quality player and yeah but you know Silver gets crocked regularly and it seems to me that teams go out to kick him and I think he plays on when really uh, a less uh, committed player would say I'm injured and I want to go off and I I think uh, you know he's a great servant of City and we, we you know he needs a rest 
can we talk about the injuries? Because we'll, we'll come on to Europe in a minute, and we're sort of dealing with the weekend's fixture against Stratford. And, and clearly, there were a, um, a couple, a couple of England stars, who uh, one was carried off and one hobbled off, which is uh, not great news. It's not no Caballero. Caballero is a decent second choice keeper and will do a job for two, three weeks, however long Hart is out. Sterling. He's not done the second half of this season. I think he's been very disappointing. He he seems to have lost that spark and that confidence, which when you watched him for Liverpool at his best in his first couple of seasons, you thought there's a player who runs at defenders, commits defenders, makes things happen. At City, he just seems very reluctant to do that. I agree. And I think that both the players we've just touched on going forward, uh, Sterling and Silva, whose form have dropped, I would have given them both a couple of weeks out. I'd have certainly rotated Sterling out the team a bit in recent weeks, but we can't afford to do that because we haven't got De Bruyne or Nasri. And if those two are in the squad, I think you know we'd be doing a lot. Well, De Bruyne obviously <clears throat> has been a massive player for us this season, but I don't think we should underestimate how important Nasri's absence has been because he's got a lot of experience in a title running. He works hard and people give him credit for, and he's immensely talented. I think he's been a big miss in this season. Well, uh, yeah, I think uh, I agree that Sterling has been a bit of a disappointment, but uh, he, he had a wonderful game in the Champions League uh, away from home, and he looked every bit a £50 million player, so I wouldn't give up on him. The really annoying thing is that the heart injury was self-inflicted by the incompetence of Di Michaelis. I mean, if ever there was a hospital pass, that was it. It was just it was horrible when that happened. It was right in front of me and you could just see it straight away when he got the ball that he was gonna that something wrong was gonna happen. And once Hart kicked it, we all went, Oh shit, he's clearly done something here and I got very excited for Richard Wright for for, for a moment. As did I, I thought we were one Caballero injury away from Richard Wright exactly. against Zlatan Ibrahimovic in City's first ever Champions League quarterfinal. Exactly. He's not in the squad. But, Alas not. Piers he's not in the Champions League squad and so, therefore so who would we get, Angus who would we have? Gunn. Angus Gunn, be, age twelve. Aged 19, son of Brian Gunn, former In, keeper. Indeed. Br- Bryn Gunn or Brian Gunn? Brian. But spelt with a Y. Yes. Okay. But we've got the exciting <laughs> prospect of Mangala against Ibrahimovic. <laughs> oh, it's just looking better and better, isn't it, really? <laughs> oh, 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 and Cavani and Di Maria and... <laughs> so, uh, I, I was... Jotting down my positives from from the game, no, and just this should not take that, long. No, no, please, you know, should company have played in the Champions League second leg game? Completely agree with you. Sh- should should really he have been given a rest uh, so that he played against United? But no, he was played by uh, the manager and and he, he collapsed again. But, but if he hadn't have played, and I think you have to trust that he'd played five games previously, all ninety minutes and was clearly fit and it actually was his other calf so it's not a reoccurrence had he not played and City were 1-0 down early on would I think Pellegrini would have got absolutely criticised I agree I, I see I'm, I'm with Stephen because I think you know we could not afford to, to you know, lose a couple of early goals in, in that game we were what 3-1 up from the first leg and, and I think he had to make sure that and we're a different side with company and we know and, and you know he had to the league was sort of drifting away uh, and this was our one chance to really make some progress and I think he had to shore up that defence and we've seen every time company plays we are very vulnerable and that's I think the reason for it Rob I, w- I wouldn't necessarily agree with you now okay. obviously 
proof the pudding and who knew and as you say Stephen it was the other card we, don't, we don't know what causes the injury because no. he, he played the previous five games I'm sure he would have trained and sprinted and done all his exercises yeah. but something has gone and until you actually know the reason behind that I think it's unfair to criticise Pellegrini for playing him yeah. so I, my positive is I just think our kit's so much better than their kit I, you know I don't like the, the red <laughs> with the black at all but that sky blue it's, it's, it's a bit special isn't it Joe that, that's always our kit better than their kit I think that's something we could positively say couldn't we at the end of the game yeah I suppose <laughs> any other positives come on give us any, any other positives only eight games till Pep yeah eight Premier League games until Pep and two Champions League because we're obviously going to lose and I think these players, we can criticise Pellegrini all we want, and I think he, he's, lo- he's out of ideas, got no idea how to turn around this slump, but the players are in for a hell of a shock when Pep arrives. Well, let's touch that, because in the queue for the tram at the end of the game, lots of chat about Pellegrini's got to go now. Absolutely, no question, kick him out, give someone else a chance, you know, whoever it might be. Um, Discuss. I mean, you, you could argue, of course, hold on, we've got a quarter-final of the Champions League coming up. Would you really get rid of your manager? It's not the way to treat him. But actually, the sort of stuff we've been talking about and the sort of this whole... To give an example, 86 points two years ago in that, in that title-winning um, season, 79 last season. We're looking for about 65 or less this year. So this is a side going backwards. And frankly, you know, Pep's coming on the 24th of June. Let's just cut cut to the chase and say thank you very much here's your pay here's your pay package off you go well look you're looking for positives the positive is we've got Guardiola nobody else has and I would rather have Guardiola and be out of the Champions League than the other way around so I think that is a a very important point and there's a lot of nonsense talked about people saying it shouldn't have been announced well uh, that was out of City's hands. That was that was uh, Pellegrini doing that, and he 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 did the honourable thing. And the idea of getting Pellegrini, getting rid of Pellegrini, is silly because if Pellegrini has brought anything this season, it is competence in the Champions League. You don't chuck that away when you're going to play a perfectly winnable tie against PSG. Keep Pe- uh, Pe- 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 keep, keep Pe- Pellegrini. <laughs> Definitely keep Pe- <laughs> keep Pellegrini. Well, he will stay. We can have a debate, but the owners are not going to get rid of him because the image of the brand, and that's what we are, we're not fans, we're customers, the club is not a club, it's a brand, they're not going to get rid of him. I actually, I would, I've been loath in the past to say get rid with five games to go, what's the point? I actually think Pellegrini's hit a brick wall and cannot take the players any further. I mean, you look at who else could come in for eight games, I think the one who could do that has gone to Newcastle. Are you going to give it to Brian Kidd for eight games? No. Are you going to give it to Pellegrini's number two? No, because he'll go with Pellegrini. It's a, I think it's a very hard situation. Martin Dimichelis could do it. He's going to be. He's not going to wear a sky blue shirt again. He could wear a suit and tie and do it. He'd look very smart. He very does. elegant. Now guy. the hair's gone. He'd definitely look better than he would without the. the so there mm. we go. Martin Dimichelis, um, get off your ass, which is where you spent most of the game, uh, and get into the uh, dugout with a suit on. Your job, son. For eight games, crack on. Not going to happen. I, I, I wouldn't necessarily mind it happening, and I and I think someone said in this podcast a few weeks ago it might be. It's not going to happen, but it would have been worth our while having Demi Kellis as part of the coaching staff, or maybe even a, like the EDS manager. But no, it's not going to happen. It's going to be Pellegrini, and I agree that 
I agree with Rob, the head of the PSG game, that uh, we should keep him in there just because he has the experience and we can't afford to throw that away. I mean, look what happened to Norwich a couple of seasons ago when they sacked their manager with five games to go when they were in a position to stay up and they ended up getting relegated. Can I just say this? I I respect what you're saying, Stephen, but I'm I'm not going to be told by anybody that I'm a customer and not a supporter. There is a subjective element in this, and I own it. And I support my club. It's not a brand, it's a football club. And the passion of the supporters is a key element in it. And the only disappointing thing at the moment is that the supporters are not playing their true part in creating Fortress Etihad uh, on the night, for example, of the Champions League when it was like going to a funeral. I... I totally agree with you. I went into the I went into the concourse because I was sitting right next to where the away fans were. For half an hour, there was some good chanting between us and them, and, there was, and I thought, brilliant! This is going to be a really good atmosphere. We sit, I'm sitting in the right place for this. But you get in there as soon as the whistle blew, nothing from our fans, and not much from their fans until they scored. And I thought at the end of the game, the behaviour of both teams' fans was had something to be questioned. Do you want to go back to Rob on the brand no, and I, so on? I agree with Rob. Yeah. I, I'm a fan of Manchester City. I'm not a customer of the Manchester branch of City Football Group. But that football is a business. As much as we hate it, we're being milked as fans, as customers, for as much money as we can give to the club. The club are interested in the commercial opportunities of... China, now that they've opened up the market with 13% ownership, of New York, of Melbourne, of 20% in Japan. And that's the way football's going. And we we saw what Liverpool fans did and revolted against the ticket prices. I think the club needs to realise that a lot of fans in Manchester are getting to that point as well. And having charged £60 for the PSG game, it's ridiculous. Who knows whether season prices will go up or not. But that's just the way football is. It's a business and we hate it. But, but we'll same, still go because we're fans of the club. But at the same time, we've also seen a huge investment into the club. Yeah, and we, we, you know, we, we can now afford the best manager on the planet. We've got an academy to be proud of. We've got that infrastructure. You know, the club now is, you know, uh, the greatest club on, on the planet as well. So, you know, you, you, there's a balance between the two here, surely. All of that. There was an excellent article by Ollie Kay in The Times at the weekend talking about this, how actually when you strip it down the owners City's owners are far better than most other clubs who take money out of the club we've seen what the Glazers or Randy Lerner has done but fundamentally at the end of the day City are a means to push Abu Dhabi as a tourism and business location well, it, it's a contract, isn't it? It's it's not one or the other. And what is still exciting about going to see City is that it's a tribal Mancunian experience. And that is worth going to and worth experiencing. And it makes all the nonsense and the preening of... Uh, the sky so-called celebrities uh, worth tuppence hating interesting stuff thank you guys the, the coming back to the premier league and before we go on to europe uh, joe fourth place is now seriously under threat if we carry on the form that we've enjoyed over the last few weeks and we've covered that we've got west ham and stretford now both only one point behind us and, and fourth is a serious serious threat 
frankly, if we carry on the form that we've done, we don't deserve fourth, do we? And I don't. And to be honest, it might almost give us the kick up the arse that we could do with next season. I don't want us to be Arsenal, where we have a pathetic February and March, where we're so, you know, we just don't turn up to games. We get beaten by teams we're much better than. I don't want some late surge just to get fourth and our, and our players to be dancing around the streets of Manchester and calling that an achievement. It's not good enough. They'll know it's not good enough, but I actually think it might just be the kick up the backside they need for the rest of this season that for the first time we're only one point ahead and there's a real danger of us missing out on the Champions League and when they play against PSG they'll realise that's the stage that they want to be at they don't want to be playing away in Kazakhstan on a Thursday night they need to be in the Champions League but why, why haven't they recognised this <laughs> point in the last few weeks because we'd been talking about the possibility of them being ex- excluded I, I mean I think that Pellegrini and you may disagree with me but I think he made a mistake in trying to go for four trophies I think that's fool's gold and you know the biggest reason why we won't get in the Champions League now is because of the fixture congestion uh, which means that we have to play two extra games when West Ham and United only have the one FA Cup game Yeah. Should he have played a weaker team then? Is it the Capital One Cup or FA Cup earlier rounds? Because he didn't, to be fair, he didn't. He gave up on the FA Cup, you know, fairly early on. To be fair, um, and the, and the League Cup was sorted quite early in the season. So it's, I'm I'm a bit confused here because Champions League and and the league he's been going for those two. So I'm not quite well, sure the point you're making, Rob. Yeah. Well, the point I'm making is to decide uh, not to have a go once you've got to the the Capital One Cup final is not an option. But uh, long before that, they should have uh, decided that they were concentrating on two things, uh, the Premier League and the Champions League. And look at the, you know, the attrition that that's caused. British football is not competitive in Europe because it plays too many games. Well, you've got to be smart about this. I do agree with you, too. Thanks. Going back to what we were saying about previous squads. The squad we had in 2014 was good enough to compete for four trophies. We had four world-class strikers. We now have one world-class striker. There's a reason why we can't compete for these trophies anymore. Well, our brand new iPhone uh, app has been updated and is absolutely free at the iTunes Store. It's a thing of beauty with all your shows there, videos, news, etc. Download it and leave us a nice review. All the links to our Facebook page, Twitter and details of our fantastic phone app are all at citypodcast.net. And join us on Facebook and Twitter, which is at citypodcast. So before we go, can we just sort of look forward a little bit and say Paris Saint-Germain in the quarterfinals and then we get Benfica or Wolfsburg in the semis and, and you know, we are through to to the Champions League final which is just something very exciting and something I'm looking forward to very much Paris Saint-Germain in piece of piss isn't it and we're, we're, we're through aren't we Joe uh, yeah yeah I mean you know small matter of keeping Ibrahimovic quiet he's a fairly average striker you know with a back four that we've got world class back four we shouldn't have any problems whatsoever and um, you know of course I, I think if uh, we're playing PSG I think they're easy enough to beat when we don't score that many goals at the moment as well so yeah, I'm, I'm confident we'll go so through. We, we said, you know, we've missed the, the big boys, haven't we? And that's what we wanted. So it's, it's, not, we? It's, not, it's not a bad draw, is it? Oh, to I be think fair? it's an excellent draw. Yeah. I think it's great to be drawn at home uh, for, for the second leg. And if we go in it thinking we're going to be thrashed, we'll be thrashed. So we want some spirit, some uh, uh, sense that this is a, a, a good football team that has a golden opportunity. I'm looking at you, Stephen, all wise. What's a view from a blue? I, 
I agree with Rob. It's good that we're home in the second leg. The worry I have is that we might be out of the tie by then. <laughs> no, I'm. So in, in all seriousness, I do think. I think we could do this because my big problem this season has very rarely been, until maybe a bit more recently with Demichelis and Bonnie, my big problem this season is the attitude of the players. Most weeks I don't come out of a game that we've lost saying, oh, the other team really did us there tactically or that their players are better than us. I've just come out of it saying, for God's sake, if we, we have we look in up. the Champions League, we lost both games to Juventus, who were the best team in our group. We've beaten, I thought we were outstanding away to Seville and in the first leg in Kiev. That's it, really. I'm not, I'm not sure there's been a huge Champions League improvement from the squad, and we're now coming up against a brilliant team in PSG. No, they're very good. They're not brilliant. They're, 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 they, they beat Chelsea convincingly, but they're not in the league of Real Madrid or Barcelona or, or Bayern. Exactly. I, I agree with you, Rob. I think we've, we've missed the big boys. I don't think this is a bad draw. And as, as we've said already, we're at home second leg. And if we can you know, put in a performance away from home, bring him back to the Etihad, then I think we should think positively about that. But less positively, sadly, than the Premier League, which appears to have disappeared for this season. Um, listen, um, fantastic to have you guys here after a, a very miserable day yesterday. Uh, but you've cheered me up no end. So huge thanks to Joe Doherty, to Stephen Allwise, and to Rob Bear and CTID. This is Nigel Rothband saying thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you all very soon. This is a Playback Media production, served to you in association with Why Not Think People. Sports Social Podcast Network.